0: a note sheet to pull from uh, we do
1: we are live now uh, I, I when you said let's do it sorry
0: let's do know. it i i tend to uh i tend to do that let's let's roll bro all right i
1: just i because we were live i didn't want the uh uh the un- uncensored version out there i'll uh, yeah I'll, just some, I'll tweet some, it out
0: here some play-by-play as we make our way through the null no, cast that's a little sheet.
1: premature uh yeah, pr- pr- premature hitting of the live button. So you guys will get to see us put the show together here in real time. I just got back from a workout. I'm here in Charlotte. Uh, it is two canceled flights and three missed connections for me this week. So mm. it has been. I don't think I've I've had like one canceled flight in my lifetime. So this is basically all of the you know stuff possible uh, rolled into one week. Man, it's it's been uh, been a really
0: good week of of travel.
1: Notification yeah, air down. travel's
0: uh, something else right now.
1: It really dude, is. Dude, Charlotte is an absolute terrible airport right now. And I'm not <laughs> saying, like, I hate the town, but I really do hate the airport right now. Uh, I didn't get my bag to like, 2 a.m. Great. great. Uh, I'm playing Diamond Creek in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to fly into Raleigh and drive the extra 45 minutes just to avoid this crap. hmm So,
0: yeah. Raleigh's a nice little airport that yeah. I'm Raleigh is a nice live airport for my time. Uh, um I uh let's do it. Uh,
1: oh, you know what sucks with the new tweet deck is I can't tweet out stuff from the Nullcast account unless I load it up. So this is truly gonna be a notification gang only uh, morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: solid. <laughs> cool uh, let's get started here cool let's do this thing um so we're at acc media days yeah bud elliott are at acc media days they're going to attempt to start a podcast uh most of this is my response or my uh my doings so uh ingress with bud elliott back again for another episode we are uh we are uh i'm in atlanta buds at acc media days interested to hear some of your perspective uh up there bud as to what you've seen so far and what you think uh you might see play out today it is uh it's a it's a, a rare anticipated acc media days in my uh perspective uh, it's the radio station that i used to work with the one that we first uh connected through doesn't even send like they send a they send a guy who doesn't do a show up to cover, uh, ACC media days. (laughs) So it's, it's, uh, it's become interesting to see what's happened. Um, but nonetheless, you've got a commissioner who's, uh, did not necessarily make the strongest of, of points last year. And really came off as, as meek, um, and not maybe the new strong voice in the room that you would want it to be from a conference perspective. Um, Nothing has changed to give him some instant surge of confidence, uh, but I'll be interested to see how he manages that. And then, uh, you know, Northwestern athletics in general are are one of the larger, um, you know, uh, hot spots (laughs) in college athletics. Uh, I doubt we'll get a whole lot of clarity on that, but, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see if Phillips uh, decides to, to touch one of uh one of the hot buttons in college athletics right now so uh this will be the null cast it will be uh mentioned and uh consumed kind of through the prism of ACC media days uh, but we've got a bunch of other stuff to talk about uh as far as uh specific uh, team information to Florida State and uh bud let's just jump into it and excited to get another null cast started good. good to be back for sure
1: um so my, my thought here because we have the commissioners forum in about two and a half hours here. It's you know, seven-ish. Um, I was working on my notes before we got on this for what I'm going to ask at ACC Media Day. And I'm curious, like, what the ACC will do with Jim Phillips. Like, will they have Amy Iacola, their you their know, a- a- ACC spokesperson, get up there and say, hey, Jim's not going to answer any questions about Northwestern uh, because he was named in one of the lawsuits. Uh, so basically just the, hey, I-, I can't comment on this, due to pending litigation. Now I think that's the obvious way out. In some ways, uh, being named in, in the suit might be a short-term blessing for him because it gives him like legal cover to say I can't talk about any of this stuff. However, he was so forceful in his denial of knowledge, right, a- a- about this stuff, which you can argue like I didn't know anything about p- potential hazing during multiple programs during my tenure. And I, I, look, I, I have no idea what Jim Phillips knew or did not knew. Uh, no, and I'm not trying to accuse him. Of anything, but you see what I'm saying here. It it's not a great look to open with that. And then I'm not really sure what else he's going to discuss when he gets up there. Probably, hey, all these ACC teams have. Is it, is it bright enough? to wear my hat forward now. Yeah. Okay. Lights coming. Out. All the, all these ACC teams that are not football won a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have games on the CW. He'll probably talk about conference stability, uh, it, it maybe try to have some juxtaposition against the Big Twelve and, and the Pac-12, which I just left out there on the West Coast, where uh, their commissioner did not do a great job of easing people's concerns about the league. Um, although I think none of the Pac-12 teams are going anywhere, b- based on on my read right now. Certainly could change. What is there anything Phillips that could say that
0: would make you like make your ears perk up here? I'm just interested as to the the level of um honesty that he brings to the situation. Um, I, I don't, again, I don't think anybody thought Jim Phillips was going to jump in this position and he was going to, you know, go into some type of movie montage setting and five days later emerge with a out of the grant of rights and a TV contract that was going to pay the ACC institutions $82 million a year. And, Everybody was going to be right on on par with this, with the uh, you know, with the SECs and, and Big Tens of the world. Um, but I don't think people necessarily thought that he was going to display a um, naivety to college athletics and talk about gated communities and and how we're all living in the same neighborhood and whatever that nonsense was. So um, I will be interesting to see. Uh, if his perspective on that has changed at all, um, we have a listener question here that asks us, uh, that August 15th was mentioned numerous times in a previous podcast. What's the significance of that? Um, so look, August 15th is a date to which you have to file with the ACC, uh, if you're going to leave, uh sometime and that that may be significant, it may not be. Uh it's just something to keep an eye on. We particularly waited last year until we jumped into the subject of conference expansion until after that date, because we knew that there was basically a zero percent chance anything was going to occur uh that year and that was a specific date and time. But again, if you're gonna leave the conference and challenge the grant of rights and everything else, I don't know that you necessarily adhere to the uh the you know proper date of leaving either. So um Just something to keep an eye on. Um, I
1: think that's fair.
0: Uh, Yeah, knocked my my microphone out there. Apologies. Uh, So, yeah, man, I'll I'll be interested to see what your thoughts are from the ground. And I've been at that thing before when there was an anticipated, uh, you know, competence from the conference uh, commissioner, and it's been – two or three minutes into it and you can tell, Hey, this is interesting. This is going to make national uh, headlines. And when you've been two or three minutes into it and you can tell, Hey, this guy's not going to say anything about anything. Um, I'll be, I'll be curious as to what your experience is and what it looks like, uh, somewhere around nine o'clock this morning, bud. I will be bringing my laptop
1: and, uh, be listening and I'll probably ask a question or two and, uh, I actually tried to ask a question of almost every coach in the Pac-12 because it was being live streamed on uh, on Pac-12 Network, which I mean, all twelve people who watch that. And I was like, "Hey, Bud Elliott of the Cover Three Podcast," you know, and and people are like, "Hey, I, I heard about your podcast on the Pac-12 Network." I was like, "See, <laughs> look at that." It, it, so, go. Go, going to Pac-12 paid for itself. Well, I mean, it, obviously, going to Vegas paid for itself, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, um, I'll have my laptop. I need to work. I, I run our podcast network, so if if Phillips goes into like just boring drone on lacrosse mode, I will be working on our network podcast analytics report uh, that I do every week for uh, for Odyssey. We, uh, CBS has a deal with Odyssey. so uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Okay, so last night we got in, most of the media was around there and at least a, a, a decent bit and some SIDs and, and a couple couple coaches and people were asking me some Florida State questions. And I think the most common one uh, was, do you buy Florida State this year? And my response to that is, at what price? Right? What am I buying with Florida State? Do I buy that they are a national champion quality team? Not really. I have a hard time seeing that. I'm not saying it's totally impossible, right? But it would require a lot of dudes who already played well, stepping up and playing like absolute superstars? I said, "What price?" So the one guy said, "As like the second best team in the ACC." I said, "Yeah." I, I if they don't play as one of the top two teams in, in the AC in the ACC, I would be uh, I'd be pretty disappointed. I think, right? Given the level of experience, and another guy said, "As the conference favorite." I said, "I, I, I think so." Like, I, th- I think they're really kind of right there with Clemson. And, and that's that's an interesting talking point, I think, and jumping off point for us, the the different perceptions of FSU within the league. Like, to me, I was a little taken back. Like, do you buy them as the second-best team in ACC? Like, like, pretty sure they were last year. You know, it's just that they, they played in the same division as Clemson. Uh, they're not worse than last year, certainly on on paper. I think they're considerably better. Why would I not buy them as that? I, it, it was kind of surprised me that that question, you know, was 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 asked of me there. Uh, so, I mean, is there any reason? Like, does that surprise you that they would be like, "Do you buy them as the second
0: best team in the ACC?"
1: Like, uh, yeah,
0: uh, all day, right? Yeah, I think people just have a a lagging knowledge sometimes of uh, of various parts of football and. Uh, you know they're not not aware maybe it's exactly as where Florida State is or or maybe it's just a general skepticism as to whether or not there's not going to be some kind of uh fallback to the to the mean line that's been driven over the last five years or so as to what this what this program is uh, talent wise I mean it's uh certainly one of the two most talented teams in the conference and it's probably one of the you know anywhere from four to ten. Uh, most talented teams in the country, depending on, you know, what you particularly like in a in a college football roster. So, yeah, it's talented. Talent's there. Yeah, so returning experience yeah. is there. Uh, I mean, it's not. There aren't two guys or, or a fan base overall that's convinced itself that uh, you know all of a sudden they've they've turned into world beaters because they've lifted harder and become a better team and there's more you know collective. They're tighter. They're so year. much tighter. They're, They're tighter. Yeah, exactly. No, these are just a really damn good roster Uh, that that probably is those things that I'm, you know, uh, I'm not making fun of the idea that that's the case for Florida State. I'm just making fun of the case that that is kind of general college football fans uh, response in the months of of June and July as to why their guys are going to be better. And, uh, you know, they're going to maybe win a game and a half or, or two games more than the broader college football world thinks they might completely um so
1: yeah i i was like i i definitely buy them at a minimum as a top two team in 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 the acc and and think they will have a legitimate shot to win the acc which kind of got us into discussing like who would you who are gonna put on your all acc ballot right um i'm gonna put drake may as my quarterback there's a chance he goes first overall in the draft probably have jordan too Right. Like, I don't think it's inconceivable that some guys could finish ahead of him. But like, given his track record and given the year that I expect him to have, I'm not going to put anybody else above Jordan there. I. I might put two FSU receivers on the all ECC team. Like, I know Johnny's drop rate, but. I expect Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson to eat, and I'm definitely mm-hmm. putting Keon. Oh, did you see Dan Bruegler's rating on Keon Coleman? By the way, I think we talked about this off air. I don't know if we've potted it. Dane Brugler is the guy for the athletic. Mm-hmm. I track this early mock draft stuff. They're almost all terrible this far out, but Dane Brugler actually has an okay track record, right? He has Keon Coleman as the number four receiver in the draft. Yo, we didn't talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty nice, man. Like, if if Keon Coleman is legitimately your number one and johnny wilson's your two that's a matchup problem we talked to people last night like they're gonna be tough to defend you know because they got the bell kid too they were talking about like from from south carolina and that is a problem you know matching up wise and i was like look and i think they feel great about their running back room despite losing trayshaun ward to kansas state they got some nice depth there and Jordan's legs and kind of slowly the conversation was building. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be a real problem. It's like, they were good last year, right? Like, I mean, there's some fakery to it in terms of like some of the teams they played kind of quit, but like they made them quit. Right. The, the offense I feel like was a lot less uh faking the numbers than the defense was. I mean, like with defense, you can make a legitimate argument. They played a bunch of hurt or backup or hurt backups. at at quarterback and like that, that kind of matters, but offensively, like they, they made those defenses look just as bad as they were. And in some cases, much worse than they had looked all year. Like nobody really did that Syracuse where they just, they just sunned them. You know, is it through the get down thing? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I I really do think with how good, because we know this staff, especially on offense is a good coaching coaching staff. We'll talk about some of the recruiting stuff in a minute. I do think that they have really high chances this year. Do any of these, I, I think you may have a couple offensive linemen make like a first or second team all ACC. Uh, I mean, Dimitri made it last year, right? I don't know if he was first team, but he, he was definitely on one of the all ACC teams. Like Marie Smith's a pretty known name. I, I could see him making it. I could see somebody picking – like a Robert Scott or a Washington, uh, just because of their known names. And yet I'm not even sure those guys are going to be in the conversation for some of your best linemen this year. Like there's a yeah. chance some of the, and if that's the case, like if you got guys who are making the All ACC team who are not your best players, I think that really is just confirmation of what we've been saying on the show. Like you have really quality depth. It's the Brewers argument. Do you have a ship? Do you have a bunch of superstars? Sorry, if you got kids in the car, do you have a bunch of superstars? Maybe not. You got a lot of really good players, and then you got very few players who are just weaknesses. And on the O line, like that's a weak link system. O lines not get a stud and four scrubs. It's right. Yeah. You're basically as good as your worst player. And I, I think that they're, they Atkins has raised the floor of that room.
0: Look, there's, there's reasons of strength and optimism at every place you look on the roster. Now you can, you can find areas where you're concerned and sure if you have an injury at defensive end that could be tough or, or other things but there are legitimate guys at, at everywhere on this roster and, and offensive line is just one of the few places that you can look at and go i mean hey look what if what if bless harris isn't as good as i think he could be um you're gonna be fine you got three other people that can play tackle i mean i mean it's just the amount of the amount of guys that they've got there and uh you know very much a a weak link system as you just referenced and they got a ton of really solid links uh ex- excited to see what that offensive line looks like and and do think that there's guys I'm not trying to gas somebody up but I like bless Harris could surprise an awful lot of people this year with how good of a player he is uh, so there uh the turnaround there I mean I, I don't know we haven't we haven't come up with the right term bud but, but uh, Alex Atkins, uh, you know, there, there, will be some kind of historical reference here that we're making in, in eight years as to, Hey, can, can this guy pull off an, an Alex Atkins and you know, totally turn a, a position group around in, in two or three years? Uh, this is, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but this doesn't happen frequently. We will remember what has happened at this position in particular, uh, for a long damn time. And I can't wait to see what this year's unit looks like.
1: No doubt about it. Um, other guys that we will be voting on the all ACC team definitely burst. I think Love It will have a chance. Uh, I don't think Pat Payton will get a ton of preseason ACC love, but he was the rookie of the year, so mm-hmm. maybe he will get like on a second team. I, I forgot how many teams, how many guys they make us vote for. The SEC, you vote for an insane number of guys. Uh, Linebacker, I I can see a Deloach getting uh, getting some preseason love. Uh, so a lot of this from, from the media is preseason. You know, it's just name recognition, right? But uh, like he certainly could make it preseason. I don't know about Bethune, maybe. Ventral um, Cypress almost certainly. Uh, Renardo, I think could, right? Yeah, um, and probably should, but but definitely could is because I, I, like he didn't have a million picks last year. one that maybe I think will make people pissed off is Keon because I think his numbers were, were suppressed a little bit last year playing in that Michigan state offense. And the fact that he's a transfer, I'm not really sure how many people within the ACC will, will vote for him, but I, I think they should. And there's definitely an argument that he's the best receiver in the ACC. Mm -hmm. You know, the the Cephas kid at, at, uh, or excuse me, the the Walker, uh, Devontae's Walker at North Carolina, I think is probably also in this. I mean, he, he tore up Georgia last year for Kent State and uh, in talking to some staffs that played Kent State, they're like, yeah, this kid's way better than, than the Mac League. And then he also tore up uh, spring for UNC. But um, this brings me to some Clemson talk. And I did want to thank the legendary team, 844 FSU loan. It's 844 FSU loan. Over 500 NOLCAST listeners have gotten loans to these guys and you guys should, too, if you are in the market. For home, I've done it twice. Graham's working on a new project with, with these dudes. They do an absolutely fantastic job. Going to get you the best possible rate. Customer service is off the charts, and you know, like we turned down some sponsorships, guys. Like we try to only bring you stuff that we actually believe in and use. And like, these guys have always done us right. So eight four four FSU loan is the number to call. Uh, there were some Clemson guys there last night which was interesting because Clemson doesn't talk until the final day. The ACC is smartly spaced this out commissioner day one, FSU day two, Clemson day three. So you really got to kind of give the network some content each day, as opposed to you know,
0: having a day where like the headliner is like a pit. Clemson also does their own media day. Like the day before they leave for ACC media day, don't they? They do like an own internal thing. So yeah. Um, and, and they just do things a little differently up there. So. They, they do
1: or, orange overalls and all. Um, <laughs> There's a little bit less ACC media. They used to be dope, man. Like you would get to play golf at Pinehurst with like Frank Beamer, just randomly paired up. It, it, it was, it was cool. And and I I think what changed it honestly was probably seeing how some of the leagues are so corporate and doing it like, like the sec, but also uh, the Jameis year, Like they, they put in different protocols that year. And I think, uh, you know, I I think that kind of changed it, yeah, a little bit. And they just they didn't go back, but it's still very open. Like you can, you can grab a Pat Narduzzi for ten minutes and just chat him up in the hallway if you want to. At the SEC, you would get hit with a taser mm-hmm. if you tried to do that, right? Pac-12 is 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 good like that too. Um, so Clemson talk just because that's probably. I mean, I expect Clemson to be voted to win the league. I would think because the game is at Clemson. Um I pose this question is it even a question who 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 would be voted to win the league if Clemson had bothered to use the portal right if Dabo didn't have like six or seven Johnny tryhards at the bottom of his roster you know like we talk about the importance of recruiting but like they just sit out the portal it reminds me of like when the Baltimore Orioles for like five or six years like you know what we're not going to use the international market at all we're just going to use the domestic draft only and if you're only using that You better be Georgia of last year where your hit rate is ungodly good. Mm -hmm. Kirby smart's like, no, we're good. No portal for us last year. And you know what? They won the national title by eight touchdowns. So he was kind of justified in that Uh, Clemson. I'm not so sure that, that they aren't making a mistake by refusing to use the portal. I know their culture and what they want to maintain, but that could be a leak in their game, dude.
0: I will say that. I think that's changing. Um, I have heard. Reason to believe that Clemson will be more active in the portal moving forward. Uh, I'll put it that way. Uh, so, I think they've uh, they've made a course correction. Now, you know, people could be confused as to who's actually reaching out to them and stuff like that. And that happens all the time, but it I, it does sound like like Clemson may be making a uh, a pivot from from prior uh, decisions on this subject matter. But yeah, no, it's certainly. I mean, look, this is you know, juxtaposition is overused, but this is as clear a juxtaposition as to an approach of portal, and, you know, yeah. leaning into it as much as any staff in the country has uh, on one side, the, the gentleman that happened to wear garnet and gold and, and, you know, orange and purple have, uh, have stayed away from it. And it's certainly allowed Florida state and Mike Norvell to probably get to this point to where it's a, uh, you know, it may be seen as a coin flip uh, by some, I agree with you. I think tobacco road media is probably going to, gonna break 60 40 65 35 uh in the direction of Clemson as far as who will be you know the uh the media's choice for ultimate winner um uh, but I will be interested to see just the general conversation bud that is uh that comes about at media day just from a a, a a whole different landscape as far as scheduling this year and the the idea that the Atlantic and the coastal are not uh you know this 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 uh path that must be fought through and and see, two people that emerge on the other side, Uh, it it certainly came at a good year for the conference. uh, If it does believe that it has two of, you know, maybe the six or two best, two of the better eight teams in the country and uh, letting, letting those teams have a chance to play each other twice in a, in a season.
1: Absolutely. Um, In talking to some Clemson people, I kind of asked them that question. It's like, do you, do you think it's a mistake for them not to use the portal? And they basically said like, at what positions? And I was like, okay, like we're, we're just going to go full homer on this really like like this, this roster is is you know divine there, there are no there are no flaws in this thing, and I think they were they're like no like it's more just you know wh- what spots do you think they should have I was like I, well, I think receiver, I think d end and I think all, maybe offensive line, and the response I got was interesting. Guy was like, and I, I I do trust this guy in Clemson. I, I know he has access to their practices, and he's like, I think they're actually much improved at receiver. That they just they, they needed some health, and they needed the year for some of these young guys to grow up. I think this is probably the best Clemson O line not since the eighteen team, but since the nineteen team. D end, I completely agree with you. He's like, yeah, they could have used a D end, and my my counter was like, okay. If Clemson gets Keon Coleman, it it's kind of a wrap as to who will be be voted number one in the preseason in in the league. It doesn't mean that they will win. The voting doesn't always hold true, but you can't tell me that if they hadn't played in if they were playing in the same pool transfer wise, like the real high upside guys, that, that this wouldn't be a bigger gap if the gap exists at all, right? He's like, yeah, that's that's fair. But it was interesting to get his take on. Clemson's strengths and weaknesses. Like maybe they're better on the O line than we realize. Maybe that that they maybe they do have some young studs at receiver. Like they should by the recruiting numbers. Like somebody, the odds are that somebody emerges. They think that they have somebody uh emerging there. Um DN, I think they're pretty worried. Now they're gonna be really damn good on the defensive interior. The Peter Woods kid, they think is gonna play a lot, despite the fact they got two NFL draft pick, you know, coming back. Um so, on the Clemson recruiting front, by the way, as far as like them going to change and use the portal, they've had some pretty interesting recruiting losses lately, which might be a bit of a leading indicator as to how things are going there. They've missed on oh, you're, you're muted by the way. They've missed on multiple offensive line targets lately. Now, look, so is FSU, right? They 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 missed on Zadnemella. They, they they missed on uh, Atite. So. You know, uh, it's not like if it, uh, we're not stones and glass houses here, but yeah, Clemson has missed on some guys that they kind of felt like they had to get. So maybe the course correction on using the portal is uh, is potentially related to that and realizing they're going to have to to fix some misses, which to me is the ideal use of the portal, right? You recruit most of your roster at a high school if your program's in a good spot, and you build through the portal for the spots that you need help with. And if there's a guy out there who can really help you, you go get them, but I I thought that was that was kind of an interesting take by those guys.
0: Interesting to see uh, evolution, and uh, yes, yeah, sometimes sometimes a an O for two or an O for three at a particular position will help you uh, evolve as to what you think of the portal and and the role that it it could play in your uh, in your program. So uh, interesting to see what that looks like, and uh, you know, Dabo loves in court, and I'll be interested to see if he, um, if he acknowledges or, or what his comments tied to the portal are in the uh, individual group one-offs there that they do. Um, let's see. Should we, should we get to the all-important subject of Daryl Jackson's waiver at this point, Bud?
1: Uh, I think like that's a question we're gonna have to ask of, of Mike Orbel at this event. I mean, uh, it's the the clock is ticking on on this. We'll see if uh, we'll see if they get this approved, man. I don't know, but I do think like if you want to have the best possible season, you you, you kind of need this to happen.
0: You most certainly need this to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh we'll see. I mean, you know, the, the, an update will be provided when an update's provided uh it, you know, these things these things tend to do their own dance uh, and we'll, we'll see what the outcome is. Um, I don't know if I
1: want to put odds on this because I don't like, how do you handicap it?
0: mm -hmm. Right.
1: I I mean, we we just be making stuff up. I think as far as, you know,
0: there certainly is some kind of, uh, you know, at this point we've entered into a place to where you probably need to come back to this every 10 days and you probably need to increase your odds by two to three (laughs) to 5% each time you do, you know, I mean, that that's I don't think that's an an outrageous way of looking at this. You know, the longer this drags on, uh, the more concerning it will be. Uh, it could be absolutely nothing. Could be a, you know, the NCA is uh, is is not getting to a whole lot of things immediately. If you look nationally as to some of the stories, there's a situation out with uh, Iowa wrestling and Iowa State wrestling that's been out there for six months. Uh, you know, there there are there are things that get addressed immediately, thing. and there's things that don't. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it's tied to gambling. Absolutely. Well, the gambling is uh, gambling football, too, at Iowa State. OK, OK,
1: for sure. Uh, that, that's going to be an issue at a lot of schools. And it's not a gambling scandal, right? It's just some of these state laws really prohibit who can gamble and where. And like, you know, whatever casino it is, FanDuel, DraftKings, no, no free ads, they they have the geolocation stuff. So if you are making yeah. bets on the NBA right. and you play at Iowa State on the football team, like is it do we really care if a college ball player bets on an NBA game? I I don't think we should, but they some state laws think that's a really big deal, and NCAA thinks it's a big deal, but they geofence you, so they know exactly where you are. So if you're in the facility, it's kind of like these NFL guys, not the ones yep. that bet on their on their teammates on player props, which is just ridiculous. Can you imagine throwing away an NFL career for like a $250 player prop? That's like um, kind of amazing.
0: See, but gambling companies know a whole lot more about you than maybe you first realize. And uh this is a generational thing. You know, the kids that are 19 and 20 are much more like their European uh partners. And I mean, look, if you grow up in Great Britain, dog, you're gambling on stuff from the time you're 12 years old. I mean, it is part of the culture. Um, that is I'm not not sure we've gotten there yet entirely, but we're much closer to that with uh, with this younger generation than probably we ever have been uh, from a from a stateside perspective. So um, something to watch. My point was there's things that the NCAA can get to immediately. There's things that evidently the NCAA can't get to for a prolonged period of time and they just drag on and uh, you internally can can make your own decision as to whether or not this is something that uh, has been addressed or has yet to be addressed. And and uh, we'll find out more information about it. See if they can make an appeal to expediency. Um, something that you should uh, act on with expediency is congruity. If you right. run a small business, something people are acting on with cons- mm-hmm. consistency. I mean, look, this will never be uh this will never be Shannon sending me seven emails in a week saying we got, you know, s- seven additional closings or whatever, but congruity is absolutely starting to cook uh had another two or three significant businesses reach out to matt lewis in the last uh two weeks or so so we've gotten to that point it takes a while in podcasting uh to get there where your audience is, is fully fluent and look congruity's been a great success for a couple of years now so i'm not just you know it's not didn't just happen overnight but it does take a while to uh, fully immerse a message into a uh an audience. And we're just thrilled that, uh, Matt Lewis has, has found a successful Avenue, uh, to partner with the NOLCast and, and we're proud of the relationship that we formed with them. And, and I'm proud of the damn four different entities that I've worked with Congruity on now and in, in some way or, uh, some form or fashion. So Matt Lewis is fantastic. Congruityhr.com. It's the website, payroll, um, Anything that can, that can be done to optimize your business, whether it be HR or payroll, um, I believe there can be great assets and, and onboarding. Uh, give Matt Lewis a call or shoot me a uh, DM on social media and I'd be happy to connect uh, all parties involved. So again, congruityhr.com. Thank you for your support of the NOLCast.
1: All right, so one other thing I want to find out here, just from talking to teams and and other media guys and, and people who I, I, I trust within the league, uh, is bid thieves. And I, I went with this term because this is kind of an ACC league, right? And there is a chance that FSU loses that Clemson, right? Clemson's probably going to go off, depending on what happens in the LSU game, as somewhere between like a one and four point favorite, okay? which is kind of coin-flippy, a very slightly weighted coin maybe, and, and it makes sense because the game is in Death Valley, and that, that's a legitimately a tough place to play. Although we've seen certainly a, a team that was a, a small underdog go in there and absolutely drub Clemson 2013 and, and win by five or six touchdowns over a, a very uh, talented football team. It, if that happens, then your margin for error go, it goes down quite a bit. Because you like, I think the minimum goal for this year is to make the ACC championship game. If you play at like a top ten, top twelve level after last year being like a top twenty-five or thirty level power-rated team, if you jump into that top fifteen, top ten power rating performance, I'm gonna be pretty happy with this season. I'm gonna see that as a significant step forward, and you know I hope that the the variance and the bounces go our way, right? But I do think, like from the skins on the wall perspective, you you kind of want to at least make the ACC title game and get back and hell, Like hopefully you win at Clemson and then, you know, then you have some margin for error and then we're talking playoff. If you do lose it, are there any bid thieves that you're really worried about? Like to me, the two would probably be North Carolina because of Drake may, but I have no idea if their defense will actually be any good. I have serious doubts, mm-hmm. but they did make some staff changes and fire some of the guys who the the guys who left their staff two years ago privately like trashed like crazy and were like this defense will never be good if these guys are still on staff. So those guys that were being complained about are now gone. Whether Mac Brown's team can play with any kind of toughness is definitely up for debate after the last couple of years because there's been some softness there, and maybe Drake May has papered over that. The other one, man, we like we know they have the schedule. Can they actually be good enough to make this make the easy schedule matter? the The question there for me is Louisville, right? Like they have they have a schedule to where if they play as like a top twenty five power rated team, they could go eight 0 like mm-hmm. they could be a legitimate bid thief in this league. But if they're just merely like a top forty, they're probably losing two or three ACC ball games. So I'm curious like to ask mark ennis and 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 to ask other guys within the league who we trust, like what. What have you heard so far? Like, do we really think that they are that level good? Th- those are kind of the two that I'm watching. Uh, and before I get your thoughts, the third one I will mention, and I don't think that they will be this good, but I think you have to mention them because the talent potentially uh, is Miami. And the uh, the defensive coordinator Miami hired, the guys I talked to last night who are you know in coaching – they kind of all agreed like Miami might've got a stud D coordinator in hmm. Gidry. Like they, they thought he did get a really good job. O coordinator not sold mm-hmm. D coordinator. They kind of all thought like, like Gidry's a pretty good get. So, you know, um, sorry, I'm just texting with you here live on the show. <laughs> oh, text back and forth on the show. It's-
0: it's a rare occasion it'll happen sometimes yeah exactly that position Um, for what it's worth bud
1: that's kind of what i was thinking too yep um yep
0: (laughs) yeah sorry y'all that's not professional but uh two guys just confirmed what they were thinking live on air while recording a podcast so um, uh we we're kind of like an old
1: married couple like i
0: generally (laughs) do
1: (laughs) oh man speaking of which uh, maggie just got like just now, got a joke that I had to tell her three times o- over Instagram DM. Like I don't know. I don't know if 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 you know, you and your wife share uh, share like memes back and forth, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she finally got it, which was uh,
0: which was great. Did we scream "Wake up!" at the start of this AM episode? No, uh, not yet. Not yet. We both but get up early. People occasionally probably need to yell that in my ear whenever we do one of these. But uh, hey, that's how it. That's how it works. Um. Are you buying into these teams as bid thieves? That's an interesting conversation. And certainly, Louisville has you know the most hand-selected of, of schedules out there that you could have. Um, we should probably read it off, like for the people that don't have all the schedules memorized. Yeah, like North do. Carolina. I'm not. I've just got to see it, and I'm, I just don't. Not sure it's there. Even, even with everything they've got on the offensive side of the ball, um, Louisville maybe, but Louisville's it's a tough tough one to get a read on and and tough program to have a ton of confidence in uh, running through something like that. So so they have uh, Georgia Tech, Boston College, at NC
1: State, at Pitt, Duke, Va Tech, Virginia, at Miami.
0: Yeah.
1: And it is significant to play Miami late because Miami's fans will quit on the program, no doubt about it. And they do every year that, that the team sucks, which has been a lot recently. Like, they don't show up to big games late. The home field advantage is basically zero. Like, watch Duke waltz in there last year and win in front of 13,000 diehards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I would always rather play Miami late, I think, especially because of the heat factor, too. Like, you don't yeah. really want, if you're a northern team, Louisville's not northern, but they're within the league, they are. Uh, you'd want to play them as, as late as possible, unless Miami's good. And then by that time, the bandwagon has, has, you know, built a little bit.
0: I'm not sure they'll be great on offense. Yeah. Very, haven't, haven't seen that in, in quite a long time. So, um, We'll see what, see what good looks like down there. Um, um, what could be good within the next uh, next 10 days or so,
1: Charles Lester. I know we, people in the comments are asking about this. Charles Lester, big-time corner, just a little bit north of, of my hometown. Taking the visit to Colorado. Has people uh, a little bit scared in the comments, shades of Travis Hunter. Look, I, I think that Florida State has done a good job recruiting him. I'm willing to wear the egg on my face. Uh, I I think they're going to get Charles Lester and have quite a while. I have generally maintained on the show that I'm not worried about DB recruiting relative to other positions. Uh, I think obviously FSU has a lot of opportunities for uh, players once they get on campus, and they have a a, a pretty solid coaching staff. And I, I think some kids do like Pat Sertan a lot. So um, not super worried about Charles Lester. The Dion thing, I mean i'll tell you this right like i talked to i talked to travis at uh at at pac-12 and um one of the questions that he got not for me but for somebody was like "What, what do people not know about dion and his approach and he said just the his ability to set you up as a businessman and create generational wealth you know and like really care about you long term that pitch certainly resonates with kids, right? Um, but I still feel FSU's in a good spot there. And look, dude, they have done a really good job on KJ Bolden. Now, a lot of schools feel good on KJ Bolden. FSU, Georgia apparently feels pretty good on KJ Bolden. But a year ago, I really could not have seen this happening. Hell, maybe like six months ago. And you stay in the fight. The worst case is you you recruit the kid to transfer in two years if for some reason he doesn't start right this is kind of like how the Earl little thing went down a little bit except you're much more of a proven program than you were 18 months ago or even you know 14 months ago so yeah that's kind of the the latest on the recruiting um do i have thoughts on the northwestern transfer that fsu took Hmm. let me stay positive this morning i am not going to get into like i look i I'm in a good mood. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about linebacker recruiting right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to, sorry, like I'm not going to pass. It's not a Patreon question. So I don't really feel, I don't feel like obligated to do it. We, we love that you guys are in the live chat, but I'm, I'm Nope. I'm going to stay positive here. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a, it's
0: a solid pickup. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. So
1: is yeah. it better than guys that you have traction with in this recruiting class?
0: I mean, just
1: potentially. Um, yes.
0: Yeah. the The, The question is, should you have in in and of itself? But yeah, Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, We'll see what happens. It's a, you know, it's an interesting, interesting game. Obviously the, the one, uh, you know, kid that was part of the most recent class that uh, was a Ohio kid with an Ohio state offer that went to Northwestern. You don't, you don't see a whole lot of those. Uh, I don't think Florida state was ever, doesn't sound like Florida state was ever particularly involved in that kid, but there was a, a relationship here and I think it's a, it's a solid pickup, you know? So we'll, we'll see what happens in that position. Agreed. Um. So
1: Florida fans, do we want to do this or do we want to save this?
0: I think we should save this. This is good. This is a good, yeah, uh, I think so too. a good, interesting conversation that I don't want to hide behind 45 minutes of morning talk. So, uh, there's a there's an interesting train of thought uh, about Dan Mullen and and uh, Mike Norvell that we'll make sure we get to uh, on the next podcast. Is so I I think there's a good conversation there and also some unique conversation um, that you're not going to find on a lot of other places. Um,
1: game Day chose South Carolina against North Carolina.
0: Interesting choice. I mean, South Carolina's got a little bit of juice behind it uh, in general, but I—I mean, this is a this is to me about having a kid that may be the number one overall pick next year on as as coming out of the gate for ESPN. I mean, it's it's choosing UNC, so you get Drake May, and I, I don't blame anybody that for that train of thought.
1: It's uh, it's cheap because that that the SEC network is there in Charlotte, so. that's where that ball game is so kind of easy to open up the season like that uh tcu colorado is the big noon kickoff game so that that's where big noon kickoff is going to Mm. you won't do fsu lsu because it's a sunday like yes clearly people like i know people have asked about this what why would they pick that over that It, it it's not a choice they made it's literally College game day is a Saturday show. They program around it that's that's what they they sell against it It's the Saturday show. so uh, doing it from a Sunday location is probably not a uh, probably not an option for them. I'm not really sure what other games they're the primary rights holder for the SEC and the ACC so when they can hype up the, those leagues i I think that they
0: they they do in, in, intend uh, to do so. Um, so yeah. They're making their decisions, but I suggest you make yours for the Sunday, and that is LaborDayTailgate.com. Again, LaborDayTailgate.com, pairing with Matt Thompson and his fantastic team at For the Table Restaurant Group, as we have been doing for damn near a decade now. Uh, Matt and his folk are a fine group, as you will see, and there's nobody else that I would have confidence to do an event like this um, well, there's others that I would have confidence. There's nobody I would want to do an event like this, uh, other than Matt and his team would very much look forward to meeting, uh, as many of our null cast listeners as we can 25 bucks, get you a spot right there. Uh, literally, you know, within an iron's distance of the stadium, uh, two drinks, a koozie, uh, additional drinks can be purchased at site, dedicated bathrooms, tents, tables, chairs, DJs, uh, the battles in, will have a little space carved out there that you can probably get some some swag from as well. Uh very much looking forward to this and again Labor Day, tailgate.com is the website. Big thank you to Matt Thompson and his team and uh Bud and I are excited to uh see as many of you guys on Sunday as possible. Uh also really excited to see
1: you guys at the Tampa Knowles uh, kickoff event, their block party, uh where we will be the keynote speakers for the VIP section and all of y'all are VIPs. We know it you know it. But if you want to get in for VIP admission, you got to use that promo code NOLCAST. VIP gets in at twelve fifteen. General mission two thirty. Do you think it might be hot in Tampa on August 12th? On August the 12th. I think we'll get if there. For nothing else, you want to be in a nice climate-controlled atmosphere during the hottest part of the day, right? Like, like I, I think that's worth the price of admission anyway. I just dropped it into the live chat if you guys want to do it. Promo code NOLCAST. Get a little, little private null cast action from us. Raffle for two tickets to LSU-FSU. Guys, I think that's worth it right there. I mean, these Ticket on the 30s, gonna... 30,
0: 35, somewhere like that. Yeah. Prime ticket. Uh, yeah. Open
1: bar, open food. You know, that's going to be, be a lot uh, of fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, are you guys doing anything Saturday night? Okay, do you guys want to hear some hilarious jokes? I've
0: already told you this,
1: so <laughs> you may laugh twice.
0: Um. This is the Saturday night of the uh, LSU game in Orlando for for a little bit of greater reference as oh, to what oh. we're talking about.
1: I was talking about the Saturday night of the VIP thing.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Excuse I will me. talk
1: about both. Will we do something Saturday night in Orlando? I will not, most likely. Uh, if I do, it'll be a little earlier in the night because yeah, Bud's I have totally lame
0: in season and has to do a midnight podcast and it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. So, Although, somebody that like, hangs out we, with Bud on uh, game days is just yeah, whatever. Go, go do your midnight pod, Bud. I'll see you later. Uh,
1: exactly. I, 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 I want to push it up all the time, maybe because I, I, I worry that we fight the battle of like my show versus the pillow, right? Mm-hmm. W- w- once you're done watching the primetime game, but that's a different discussion. Um, do you enjoy annoying your wife?
0: Uh. B- Like thoroughly, uh, uh, very much so, yes. Probably more than I should, but it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. So, I think we discussed that,
1: like, I I got snipped, right? Uh, And you got to wait for the follow-up appointment. Um, Guy we know had surprise twins because he he didn't wait for the follow-up appointment. And uh, a listener, Chris, had sent me a gift certificate to Burns. Okay. Right, which is a, a great steakhouse there uh, in the Bay Area. And my follow-up appointment is the Monday before the Tampa Knolls quarterback club kickoff, <laughs> and uh, you know I was like, oh, perfect. So I I I, I made the res actually for uh, for that weekend, and I told Mags um, I was like, sweetie, are you ready for the burns and banging weekend? She's like, i have absolutely not help for anything called the burns and banging weekend, and I had workshop this and I was like, okay, like for burns and blanks and she's like no it's not signing she's off like, on she's it she's like it's this a... this could not be less romantic than she's not than, not
0: leaning into yeah. the, so, uh, the situation oh, if you
1: guys have any other name ideas that i can just annoy her with over the next couple of weeks um like i, I want to keep this train rolling this is solid she's in for burns um but she's not in for 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 the naming rights and i i just think it's maybe it's funnier to me but uh if you don't joke around yeah.
0: What what is there in what, life? What, what absolutely. absolutely, I have yeah. not been to Burns in a, in a long, long time. Actually, I have to say it's been uh, it's been ten more than ten years. So uh, no no good on on me there. And um, I look forward uh, to whatever that weekend takes shape, Bud, and then whatever the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate naming <laughs> that comes down there. So oh my gosh. Um, uh, you want to end on a Patreon question from
1: the professor? For sure. Yep. He says, uh, "In how many games will FSU face a significant matchup issue due to roster insufficiencies?" Well, it could be zero. Yeah. I mean, the question says will. I. I think it's a more interesting question if you kind of use the word could. And how many games could FSU face a significant matchup issue? Because like there's some unknowables and some things that are like if they play at their ceiling and your group plays more at its
0: floor. Yeah. What that, was the exact term roster inefficient deficiencies? Uh,
1: it insufficiencies. Insufficient. Me, I, I must, so
0: um I mean, it's not like you're not sufficiently stocked at offensive line. LSU just happens to maybe have two of the better interior players in the so like is that a, is that a roster? inefficiency or, or is there something there that's insufficient i don't i guess that's dependent upon your point of view um yeah look and, if, if somebody stand? gets injured at defensive end then yeah we'll be talking about we, we need another defensive end that'll be a roster management issue or something like that but right and like tough okay. for me to find one immediately yeah i mean i'm, I'm looking at this You could be, like,
1: 20 minutes into the LSU game, hypothetically, and you could be like, oh, and by the way, great comment from USA Damage. That That is uh, that is fantastic. <laughs> I like that. Um, You could be 20 minutes into the LSU game and be like, oh, crap. Ma- Mason Smith, who was the number one overall prospect two years ago and, and blew his ACL against you last year, uh, he's dominating – Maurice and the guys on the inside like that wouldn't that's not an outcome that I expect to happen but if you told me that would happen I wouldn't laugh you out of the building like it's certainly possible that the guy who has that kind of recruiting pedigree and you know that kind of twitch at 320 pounds that 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 he presents a a problem for you mm-hmm. uh Malik neighbors is according to some of these early mock drafts the, the number two receiver off the board I mean, that suggests that the guy is like a top 15, top 20 pick. I had him as my best receiver in the SEC. Is it impossible that he is just simply a better player than like a Renardo or Fentrell? Yeah, absolutely. Now, hopefully you can hold up against their other receivers and can put more guys on him. Like I would expect you're going to have to devote some attention to a Malik neighbors, right? Uh, so like, is that a roster insufficiency? That's where I have trouble with the question. Mm-hmm. I think you've done a great job building up the offensive line. I think going out and getting Pentral Cypress was absolutely a great move that you had to get, right, based on all the information you could possibly gather. Uh, to me, that's just – you're going up against some real studs, right? Like, I mean, oh, okay, so you're struggling against a guy who whose ceiling is top half of the first round. All right, you know who else will? Pretty much everybody else in the country. Like mm-hmm. – who who on LSU schedule is not worried about Malik Neighbors? I think it's probably just one team, and even still, like, but Bama putting Kool Aid on, him, you know, mm-hmm. and then still like they're probably going to help to help him out some, right? I I don't look at that as like a roster insufficiency, honestly. Like I I, I mean,
0: are we being homers here? If there's if there's some massive area uh that is insufficient on this roster, we haven't found it and we'll need the benefit of of you know retrospect looking back and and seeing what it was. Like I said, you could have you could have a, an injury here or there. You could oh he sent an example. Uh he said like Clemson's
1: running backs against your linebackers in the past game. Mm-hmm. Okay, but still like we know the baseline level of play for the yeah. linebackers is is quality play, not amazing, but but quality, you know, upper half of the conference play from your linebackers.
0: Yeah, and and pass that's one of their strengths. Actually, I mean, if you if you if you want to be super <laughs> focused about it, I mean, do you get into a playoff game with a two hundred and forty pound back that you can that can be run? at you 22 times and you don't have a, you know, I mean, that, that's, that that's right. more a concern is that you don't like
1: a mine Williams at Ohio state or something like that. yeah Maybe he ends up being like that guy. Uh,
0: but again, yeah, I mean that, that guy doesn't really exist in college football. <laughs> I can't be like, Hey, you're not ready to stop the back that most people left behind 10 or 15 years ago, as far as the, you know, the big 10 back that gets 26 carries a game and it is 230 pounds. And uh, yeah, it's just a, Man, did you know uh, this has gone long and, and we'll wrap here shortly, but did you I, see those I, I figures about uh, what was it about salary growth over the last NFL PA and the three that, that lagged were punter kicker and running back. I mean, if that's yeah. just not reflective of what's happened uh, with this sport, I still, I have a hard time. What's happened to running back into a lesser extent linebacker. Um, uh, are hard for me as somebody that's, you know, in their late thirties to make sense of based off the sport that I grew up with. And it, it's wild. It's true. Uh, very interesting though. It's,
1: uh, it's reflective of some changes in, in the game. The RPO stuff has really hurt the linebacker positions impact because they mm-hmm. they can sort of be schemed out of the game in some systems. Right. And the, like the type of guy, who is getting paid in the NFL now at linebacker is a real, real freak athlete, you know, like, like Marvin Jones would get paid in in any year. Right. But it's like, can you be that disruptive of a force? And can you also like carry verticals, which is something a lot of backers can't do like Fred Warner for, for San Fran. Okay. Like, you know what, that's a guy that, that if he has to take a really athletic tight end or sometimes a slot, And carry him up the up the seam 20 yards can do so. Um, I know Sinone had a really good clip on Twitter the other day of Telvin Smith running with Stefan Diggs, Mm -hmm. who is is an all pro, uh, on on the 2013 team. Um, so on that for sure. And running back, I, I do think that these teams are finding that like these guys break down really fast, they take a pounding, it's better to have two or three keep them fresh and also a lot of it's just they kind of get what you block for. Them. Yeah. And some some like Adrian Peterson in, in his prime get you more, but
0: yeah. No, nah, uh, I mean we've we've literally oh, seen the, the position turned into like a disposable razor. I mean it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh and it, it's wild. Oh. Did you see
1: the um uh did you see the Miami fan trying to argue that Duke Johnson uh, was better than uh,
0: Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I wasn't, I was like, we're not really gonna say Dalvin here. Uh, dude, that's, yes, that's funny. It's like, oh, yeah, Duke interesting. Johnson. Okay. In what, Pop Warner? Yeah, yeah, when when they were yeah, eight. Duke Johnson. Uh, oh. I mean, when they were freshmen, Dalvin was a little bit of a, a, a late merger there, but uh, that's fun. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I he, he
1: came out with like like a ton of stats, and uh I was like mm. so you, you googled these, I assume. You can't like Google like any game film and just use your eyes for like half a second, bro, and, 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 and take a look at this. So yeah, uh that was that was interesting. I, I am seeing this. Um the one position that is coming up now uh in the NFL most recently, like just year over year, um, is D Tackle. Mhm. so many teams want to play this too high, like they want to live in too high deny the big play something will go wrong with the drive penalty mm-hmm. you know, whatever you know tackle for loss but if you're playing that you're playing a man down in the box and so having a, a big D tackle who can really make an impact for you and take what's up mike of course good morning my, my, my god mike my, mike is always here for us man Um, And by the way, a couple people asking about the Daryl Jackson waiver. We did that about 30 or 20 minutes ago. So just kind of scroll back in the thing. Uh, Yeah, can't Google draft order. Exactly. But the D tackle position, because you're playing so much too high, to have a guy who is legitimately a problem and can two gap is much, I guess, is more valuable relative to where he was two, three years ago, or at least is being recognized Mm -hmm. as more valuable. And I do think that is – kind of the case in college too, uh, somewhat like, like a really good D tackle is, is extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as you're trying to deny explosive plays. anything else from the chat here? Do you think FSU could be the number one offense in the country? Question says could, not will, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, could. I, I, I
0: think there's could, yes. Could is, is um, very much in play. I, I, I do believe that. Yeah. Will? Well, we'll see. Uh,
1: Georgia, apparently, like the rumor at SC Media Day is that Georgia's offense carved their defense in spring scrimmages. So, if that's the case, I'm probably going Georgia? just I mean, season question
0: gonna be damn good they've got an absurd i mean well is talented everywhere but they've got a ton of good running backs they have maybe the best tight end of the past 10 years and uh i don't think they're going to lose a whole lot of quarterback so that'll that'll be fun to see
1: yeah probably four drafted players on the o-line starting they got dominic lovett who is the first team all sec guy last year at receiver from missouri to come over yeah that they probably probably by the way you can't vote for Dominic Lovett to be on the uh, the preseason all ACC team or all SEC team. Georgia didn't nominate him. Mm. I'm like, "Bro, I get not putting Carson Beck on the nominations list because uh, you know, he you don't want you're, you're trying to promote a quarterback competition still, whatever. I get it. This guy was actually a first team on the end of the season team mm-hmm. last year and you didn't put him on, but they got Ladd McConkey
0: on. They he got Lad. Absolutely. Yeah, lad. Yeah. who's a good player. I mean, you know. A little bit of a cult hero around here. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, uh, this has been uh, another good summer episode of the NOLCast. We are getting very close to our positional preview series and all of the other uh, pieces of content that are indicative as to where we are. But I'm excited to uh, let you get over there to uh, ACC Media Day's Shoot me a text, please, if anything wild comes of the uh, 9 o'clock get together. I will be watching that, though. You don't have to text me. This is one of the few uh, commissioner comments that's ever been uh, kind of appointment TV for me. I don't think there's going to be anything wild that comes out of it, but I, I do look forward to seeing what uh, Phillips has to say, and we can we can comment on an, another ACC Media Day pass by uh, on the next episode and, and be all the closer to having uh, actual football in front of us. And who knows,
1: man, maybe, maybe this is our last uh, ACC media day ever. Don't think so, but I guess we'll
0: have to see. All right, y'all. Till next time, this has been a cast. Thanks again. Talk to you in the next uh, five days or so. Till then.